2: Hello, and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, we have another special edition for you in that we are bringing you forward the Hispanic Latin American Summit. But before we do that, I wanted to bring on a very, very special guest and friend of mine, who's been a partner in crime with me for the past two years. And I I think there's nothing we haven't done together and I really appreciate her. So I wanted to bring her on and get her thoughts. So Heidi Palermo, Hi, and welcome to the show.
3: Hi, Nadine. This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird. How I, many I'm podcasts? never on this side of the table, but this <laughs> is cool.
2: It's super cool. Like, how many podcasts have we edited together now? Oh
3: my goodness. So many. I, so
2: many. I think we're like at 140, I think. At, at least. This point. At least, yeah. And, and all the work that we've been doing together since we first started working together, what, two years ago. Um, man, I just, I just, I, I can't say enough good things about you, but why don't I let you talk about some of the things that uh, you're excited about and, and why yesterday was important to you?
3: Absolutely. Yesterday was meaningful for me. Both my parents are Puerto Rican. I grew up here in the States. I was born in Kansas, which is a Kansas of all places. My parents were in the Air Force, you know, went from base to base and growing up kind of not really associating with my Hispanic side because I was in English speaking cities and, you know, it just wasn't prevalent. So hearing from these leaders and how they, you know, they too had similar stories was just incredible. I mean, I think that was my favorite part is just getting to know them each as people beyond their roles and their jobs. That was so powerful.
2: Yeah. I I really enjoyed the whole summit and and from the beginning where we got to know them as people and then, all the way through to the end, where we were just so much passion around solutions for accelerating change. I, I was just, I, I was just fascinated, glued, stuck to the screen. What I remember this morning was way back when when you first started, and Julian was already on board. Julian Gamboa, who is Latino, um, and he kept saying your name differently, and, and I was like, "Who? Who's he talking about?" And he said, okay, "Tell us about that."
3: <laughs> oh yeah, Julian would call me Haiti. And he was pronouncing my name the way that uh, a Latino would pronounce my name. And if M- Heidi was a Hispanic name, that's pretty much how you would say it. But the funny part is Heidi is a German name. And my Puerto Rican father decided to give me a German name because he, it was the first girl he met when he moved to the States that taught him English. So, um, so I remember those calls when you would just say, Julian, what are you saying? <laughs> <This> is- <laughs>
2: I, and then I thought I was wrong, and I was trying to copy him i couldn 't do it that's it 's a very tough pronunciation um,
3: well, but I'm, you 're one to talk. I was calling you Nadine for the longest time right <laughs> and and learned later it was nadine, very French nadine I
2: guess that my my mother used to say never let anybody call you Nadine. Your name is Nadine. And I was like, okay, wow. All right, I got it. But that's impossible here. So that's how
3: you need to correct people from here on out.
2: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. We sure have some fun. Um, And, you know, as much fun as we have working with the community, sometimes we have to deal with some really tough topics that are important, and that are is our responsibility to bring forward because we have a platform to provide so others can hear. And that doesn't mean we're experts. Uh, All it means is that we're fulfilling our responsibility to, to hear, to provide an opportunity for others to hear too.
3: Tell me what's next. So coming up on September 30th, we're going to be hosting our Disability Inclusion Summit. Super excited about it. It's, you know, just the past couple of weeks and talking with some of the speakers, just hearing their stories and how disability is oftentimes the forgotten part of diversity and inclusion. But there's so much intersectionality in disability. There's so many differences just within that community itself. And there's a lot happening, but there's still a lot to do. So I think it's going to be super informative, inspiring, educational for all of us. So I hope everyone will join us for that again. It's September 30th, and and we'll be sharing more about that in the coming weeks.
2: Excellent. And thank you so much for all that you do. I appreciate your diverse perspective, all the things that you bring to the table that just make us better. So thank you. And so now we're going to roll with the Hispanic Latin American Summit. I hope everybody tuning in enjoys it as much as we did and have a great day.
3: Hello. Thank you for being here with us today. My name is Heidi Palermo and I'm the senior director of brand community here at Adweek. And first, let me start by saying on behalf of the entire Adweek family, we hope you and your own family are doing well during these times. We're so grateful to have nearly 3000 people who registered for this event today. Some of you may have joined our previous events as part of our ongoing Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Series. But if this is your first time, welcome. Today is one of several conversations we're having and we'll continue to have spotlighting different communities in an attempt to bring forth some of the biggest challenges, opportunities, and solutions to drive meaningful change. What you'll hear um, from these incredible leaders today are their stories, their experiences, their perspectives, We all know proximity is the quickest path to empathy. That's a quote I I really appreciate. We're going to touch on this community's biggest struggles and also zero in on some solutions. Most importantly, we're going to celebrate what makes us each unique and embrace our common ground. So whether you consider yourself Hispanic, Latino, Latina, Latinx, Chicano, whether you speak Spanish, Portuguese, English, or all three, whether you don't speak Spanish at all, we're just very thankful that you're here to help us have this conversation and be part of it. So with that, I'm going to introduce our wonderful moderator for today's conversation, Ms. Claudia Romo-Edelman, founder of We Are All Human. Claudia, welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
4: Oh, this is so amazing. I'm so thrilled to be able to have this conversation. I admire AdWake for really leading the way and opening up and giving platform for diversity and inclusion conversations, for allowing different communities like ours to have a chance to expose how are we feeling, how are we leading, and what actions can we take to turn around the, the, the story of our community to really advance Latinos, Latinx, Hispanics, whatever you wanna call it. And that's how we're gonna start today. We're gonna start like asking this incredible group of panelists what, what, their, what, what is their story? What is their Latinidad story? But let me start by saying one thing. When I got invited to moderate this panel, and I've been working with Adweek for a while now, I said, yes, 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 for, because I have three key messages that I would like to share with you. The first one is that the time for Hispanics is now. We've never been so ready. We've never been so, so, we've never been so big. And we need to act. We have everything that we need because this is our time. We just need to be unified, be a community, help each other, support each other, hire each other, mentor each other, understand and literally resist the temptation to fragment, to differentiate among ourselves. Because we Latinos, we can't actually go in, I'm Mexican, I'm Colombian, I'm Venezuelan. We have to think of our origin, but act as a Hispanic community. And number two, that we need to do for our time to exercise the power that we have is to drink the Kool-Aid. We're powerful, but we think weak. We're big, but we act small. So we have to understand how powerful we are through the numbers, through the data, through understanding that we're huge contributors to the country. And the last one is that we need allies. We need allies to come along and take us for who we are and understand that Hispanics, we don't bark, we don't bite, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna make noise. So we need allies to take us along and understand how to manage us, how to open the door for us. Like Adweek, how to give us a platform. The second point that I have is that the time for brands to act and engage with Hispanics is today. This is a wake-up call. If you haven't, this is the time to do it because Hispanics mean growth. PepsiCo, 60% of their growth comes from the Latino community. So we are the growth. We need brands to come along with us and engage with us and invest with us and see that we're full potential and that we need actually your support in this journey and we need allies to make sure that we are here. And the third point that I have to say um, is that we need concrete goals. We need concrete goals, strategic joint community goals to make sure that we increase our representation so that we're seen, heard, and valued and that we increase the investment that we have in the community It's unbelievable that we're 18% of the population, that we represent 60% of growth for so many companies, and that there's less than 5% of investment in our community. And all what I'm saying is that this is the time for Hispanics, and we need to use it, and we need to use opportunities like Hispanic Heritage Month that is around the corner to demonstrate for brands that they care about Hispanics and that they want to invest in Hispanics as employees, as consumers, and as the community. Hispanics are disproportionately affected by COVID, for example, now. But we also know that we're disproportionately equipped to come back because we're we're resourceful, we're resilient because of our values. So this is a huge opportunity to use Hispanic Heritage Month, to um, use campaigns like the Hispanic Star to unify Latinos, Together and to demonstrate that you care about them. To avoid the temptation of having a half an hour bad margarita cocktail in your company and say like, "Yep, I've done my thing for Hispanics for the year." Next go, well, "No, no, use this opportunity to demonstrate that you see Hispanics as stars, as contributors to this country, as contributors to your company, as, as people that you want to see." And we have an incredible symbol that we can use: the Hispanic star. Use it, see it as the rainbow for the LGBTQ. See it in your windows, in your t-shirts, in everything that we're doing. This is the time for brands to speak up, to stand up. This is the time for Hispanics to unify it and be with each other. And you don't have to take my word. You just look at the data. We're 60 million people. We're 18% of the population and growing. In 2050, we're gonna be 25% of the country. And we're not only many, but we're young. We're so young, that is ridiculous. Not only where our average is 28 years old, which is nine years younger than the rest of the country, where our mode, which is the most common age is 11. So absorb that number. The mode, the, the most common age of 60 million people is 11 years old. The most common age of non-Hispanics is 58. That represents four decades of growth. Remember that time in which you said we should invest in China because it means a decade of growth? Where Latinos, investing in Latinos today, means four decades of growth. We're the highest consumer or purchasing power, $1.7 trillion and growing. Not even COVID is stopping our purchasing power. We're over-indexing in consumption of social media and everything we're doing. And yet, we're underrepresented, misrepresented, and undervalued. We're 18% of the population, but only 1% in politics, only 1% in corporate boards, only 1% in television in family programs. We have to change that equation. We have to change the, the fact that Latinos, 77% of Latinos do not know that we're so powerful, do not know that basic data, that Latinas create six times faster than any other group small businesses. 77% of Hispanics have to be educated about their own power. 76% of Hispanics have to pretend they're someone they're not at the workplace. And that is a drama and that is a really a shame for companies and for Latinos because of the revolving door and because you need to actually elevate senior positions because Latinos are the youth, are the future. And the last point that I want to leave you with before starting the beautiful panel that we're going to have is that 90%, 90% of Latinos, Hispanics, Latinx, identify as Latinos but only 50% of them think that we act as a community. That's a small problem to solve, because if we feel Latinos, we can act as a Hispanic community, we can act together and be there with each other. And I think that that Latinidad, that transfer to a Latinidad is part of what I would like to start this panel with. I'm gonna go around and start this beautiful conversation asking these panelists about how they feel, how they lead and what actions we can take to turn around our community. We haven't had our spotlight. This is an opening. The social uh, injustice conversations happening worldwide allow us to take that door and open it and start looking at what can we do as a community. So as a first question to everybody, I'm gonna start asking you to introduce yourself, but also tell us about your Latinidad. Are you first generation, second generation? Are you uh, origin Mexican, Colombian, a combination of all of them and how did you come out as a Latino. How did you express yourself as that? I remember the first time that I saw Mark Richard and he said in a panel in Cannes last year that his real name was Nicky Gonzalez, but he never wanted to say it until a couple of years ago because he was scared of not being able to be where he is because of being Latino and he changed and he came out as a Latino. I would like to start the conversation today asking that. Tell us about yourself and what's your story of Latinidad. And I'm gonna start with, um, with Maria. I'm gonna start with Maria Winans from IBM. So Maria, welcome to this beautiful panel. Tell us your, Introduce yourself and tell us your story of Latinidad.
1: Yes, oh my gosh, what energy, Claudia. I am, I'm energized after hearing your intro. And you know what, I said, yes, 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 too. So when I was approached to come and join, I said the same thing, I, it is our time now. I am super excited to be here. And let me tell you a little bit about my story. First of all, let me introduce myself. I'm Maria Bartolome Winans um, and I am CMO for IBM Americas. Um, so I lead uh, the marketing for IBM across Canada, North America and Latino Latin America. But I'm originally from Chile. I was born in Santiago and my father is from Spain. And um, when I was 10 years old, my father had a great opportunity to come to the U.S. Um, and to come to North Carolina and um, and do his thesis at Duke University. And so we moved from Santiago, the capital of Chile, to now the South in North Carolina. And that's very different than the North Carolina we know today. And I grew up um, here in the States. I did not speak a word of English. I actually learned how to speak English watching Sesame Street. Um, and that's how I really started to pick up the language. And what was interesting was my parents, um, you know, brought us here for for better opportunity, growth, um, and an opportunity to really kind of, you know, have a bigger life. And, but at the same time, they were very much an advocate of you are Latina, you will speak Spanish at home, and that is your heritage. But as a kid, you don't understand that. You know, the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to learn the language and i wanted to stop speaking spanish and i wanted to to really blend in and my mother and my parents said you know Mania, you may not know it now but culture and language are a gift culture and language are a gift you may not relish it now you may not understand it but i will tell you it will be your differentiator in the future it will be what makes you unique and how you will stand out in everything you pursue in life And I can't tell you, they were more correct than, and I see it and I realize it, whether it was my university or how I've really embraced it um, within IBM. You know, it is great to be rooted in your culture, it is great to appreciate your culture, but it's also an opportunity to really extend and differentiate yourself. And I tell you, for me, being in IBM and the things that I, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about the work that we've been doing underway, but it's been such an opportunity for really to have a voice to show up in my true self, and to really be a difference maker. And I am a proud Latina. I'm also an American. I'm a proud uh, mother of two. I'm also an executive at IBM. And I really am grounded on the fact that you know my culture has really brought me to another level. And I'm a b- big advocate and voice, as you know, Claudia, with our Hispanic work that we're doing jointly together with IBM. So. Yeah,
4: and you're such a Hispanic star. I love this story. So let's bring it on to uh, uh, Stephen Wolf Ferreira from Encantos.
5: Bueno, buenos dias, everyone. Saludos from Los Angeles. Um, I am uh, born and raised Dominicano, Americano uh, from New York City. But I um, you know my Hispanic story has been different um, because my father was American, but my mother Dominican. And uh, I had the opportunity to, you know, really just live this bilingual, bicultural yeah, so everything at home was in Spanish and everything, you know, kind of outside of that was in English. And my mother coming here in the sixties from Santo Domingo, where most of my family still is, you know, it was really this immigrant story where they didn't know anything about education, they didn't know anything about, you know, the US system. So you really had to fend for your own. And, you know, I feel like it was really programs um, that kind of helped uh, get people of color, specifically Latino and African-American, onto different industries. My specific industry was finance in my early years um, through a program called Sponsors for Educational Opportunity. That really set me on the path to understand the power that we actually have as a community. And I'm happy to share more about it, uh, Claudia, but I feel like the overarching message is we are over-mentored and we are under-invested in. And this is our moment to truly talk about the power of the Latino community, because let's be crystal clear, we are invisible as a community. We are not acknowledged by brands. They love us to buy their stuff, but when we need them, they really do not show up in force. And no one is going to care about Latinos other than Latinos. That's why we need Latinos Unidos.
6: Yeah,
4: that's right. We need to unify and, you know, like don't go after the wallet, um, go after the investment of the community if you really want long term loyalty, which is something that we do, anyways. Okay, so Yvette Peña for AERP. If I may add one thing, if you want to add, how are you feeling in these times of, you know, like of social unrest and what do you feel about the Latino community on top of your introduction, if you for panelists overall? Yvette.
7: Hola, Claudia, y saludos a todos. I am Yvette Pena. I am a first-generation Afro-Latina. I am the daughter of immigrants from the Dominican Republic whose ancestors traveled from Africa through Spain, Portugal, Cuba, and Puerto Rico, and they settled in Santo Domingo. I was born and raised in New York City. Spanish was my first language. And before I went to pre-K, I learned English through shows like Sesame Street and Zoom. My career journey has taken me through many wonderful places to Chicago, Colorado, DC. And growing up in the melting pot of, of New York City, I didn't really have true clarity on who I was. You know, was I black or was I Latina? For the black community, I wasn't truly black because I spoke Spanish. And for the Latinos, depending on which group of Latinos I was with, I was una negrita. Right. So I started to mature and grow through my journey and my career. And I started to embrace, you know, my my Latinidad, my Afro Latinidad. And at times I felt like I didn't even need to state it, you know, because when you see me, this is who I am, an experienced person who is up to the same challenges as my peers. And today I'm here as a proud Afro Latina and I work at AARP. I am the Vice President of Multicultural Leadership, and I lead the Latino audience strategy enterprise-wide. And I call the work I do, the social mission work I do, hard work. Why? Because we empower people to choose as they live, helping them live with more salud, dinero y amor. You know, these these times are very uncertain, um, and what I feel and what I've heard the thread here is the word unity. I mean, with all that is happening, you know, with Black Lives Matter, social injustice, all of the disparities, all of the issues that have always been here are now heightened and are to the forefront. But we as Latinos, Latinx, whatever we want to call each other, it's about unifying. Mm -hmm. We have power and there's power in numbers. I just look at the screen and I have goosebumps because there's so much power just by us being here together, talking about the issues that impact nuestra comunidad Latina.
4: Yeah, and Yvette, I want to thank you. I learned from you uh, about the relevance for the Latino community about identity and pride. I want to move to Fernando Machado from Burger King. And because we're Latinos, and yet we have one hour to go through all the questions that we have, we're going to start going short, short shorting the introduction. So um, keep it short and succinct. Let's go into Fernando Machado, please.
8: Hey guys, a pleasure to be here today. I so cannot. I'm um, I'm Brazilian. Uh, I was born in Brazil, raised in Brazil. My dad was born in the Amazon. My mom was born in Bahia. Uh, and I lived like everywhere in Brazil. Like my dad was on the army, so we moved around quite a bit. Um, I always wanted to do global marketing. I worked for Unilever before, uh, Burger King and Restaurant Brands International. I lived like everywhere. I lived in Mexico, so my Spanish is Chilango. Um, like uh, I lived in New York, I lived in London. And now I am like in the north of Latin America here in Miami, which is where our, our headquarters are. Um, like I, I manage like brands, like well, I manage Burger King Popeyes and Tim Hortons globally. Uh, in the home market, Burger King and Popeyes, they over-index Hispanic uh, in terms of the consumer base. We have, we over-index massively uh, Hispanic in our workforce, both in the restaurant and in the corporate office. My CEO, my boss, and uh, Hefe uh, is a Cuban descendant, so like uh, we, like we are in Miami, so like uh, it tends to over-index uh, big time here. Uh, look, I mean, I'm excited about our community, and I think that my bias might be slightly different because of my location and because of the fact that our brands uh, they over-index and with the with the community and and we invest specifically creating assets, understanding uh, around. Uh, uh, around the community. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that we can, we can be doing more, especially when it comes to doing more uh, together
4: yeah and uh, Fernando, you're a Hispanic star, a pride a, the, you know like in the advertising community every time in the Cannes advertisement festival, you bring the Latino's uh, name very high. so very great to have you here. Um, Ivana Heredia from Disney, and just one thing about like the Latino, hispanic, Hispanic, and so on. Brazilians and uh, Brazilians tend to say that they are not Hispanic, Latino because of the language and so on. It's, it's an interesting conversation, but the data shows that 98% of the people don't care about the distinction. We just care about see, be seen, heard, and valued more than what we're called. So as long as we act as a community, I think that you can call us whatever you want. Okay, so Ivan Heredia.
9: Hello, good morning, good afternoon. Saludos, thank you, Claudia. I love that you called me, Ivan. Sounds like I'm home. Um, Ivan, for those who choose to call me Ivan, I respond to that as well. Uh, second generation, Dominican. Uh, born and raised in New York to Dominican parents who uh, recently celebrated 51 years together, retired building superintendent, and a homemaker who really um, embodied hard work um, and, and really personify what it is to be a, a hardworking Hispanic in, in this country. They migrated in the 60s, I'm one of four, Uh, Like I said, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, around West Indian people, around Jews, uh, a very multicultural environment. And we were the household that really cranked up the south side merengue to make sure that our voices were heard. Um, So there was no really escaping my Latinidad growing up since day one. Uh, I have the privilege of leading brand and revenue for Radio Disney, one of the many great brands at the Walt Disney Company.
4: Awesome, and with the power of the brands that are in this panel alone, we can turn around the Latino community in one year. Okay, moving on. Rosie
10: Adjam from Still Other. Hola, hello everybody, I'm uh, Rosie Adjam. I was uh, born and raised in uh, Maracaibo, Venezuela, and uh, spent uh, a lot of years then in, uh, in Caracas, and from there moved to different countries, to Colombia, spent nine years then in Panama until uh, moved uh, with my family uh, to New York about uh, four years ago. I am the VP and general manager for the Aramis and designer fragrances together with the lab series business for the Estee Lauder companies. And uh, I'm I'm very proud, I'm very excited to to be here, to be part of this movement. Thank you, Claudia, for the amazing that you injected at the beginning of this uh, session. I think that is part of of who we are and that is part of the passion that we can have and the commitment that we can uh, show to make things happen. So I really feel very honored to be with this panel here today. And uh, I'm very excited for what we can do together, united and inviting more people to join these efforts for the the Latin community. So thank you. Absolutely, great. Uh, Andrea Perez from Jordan Brand.
11: Hola Claudia, thank you so much everyone for your energy. What a pleasure to be with everybody and see old friends like Ivan and Steven and, and Fabi that I go way back with and uh, meeting new friends like uh, Yvette and Rosie, etc. My name is Andrea Perez, Andrea Perez for those uh, Americans out here. I am Mexican. I grew up in Mexico. I lived in Mexico my whole life until my 20s when I uh, came to the United States first for grad school and then I just stayed. And um, I, I love it here. Obviously, I became an American about two years ago, and I say that I'm learning to be Mexican-American, just like I had to learn that being a Latino, which was, always, I was obviously the majority in Mexico, and coming to the US, it was learning to be a minority and what that meant. I think now is learning both my rights and my responsibilities now as a Mexican-American and a Latin American living in the United States. Um, so that's incredible. I have the honor to work for the Jordan brand. That's a brand that represents black excellence, but definitely it represents excellence for everyone. And that has allowed me to get to know other parts of the American culture that i are really, really proud of. I lead the women's business for this brand. So excited again to be here and to chat with all of you. And thanks to everyone that has been already asking questions and giving us good energy.
4: And you mentioned one very important point, Andrea, which is friends. You know that every revolution through history has started with 50 people that share the same vision and just go for it. So if we can have 50 friends that are going to go for the same vision and our vision is actually to be seen, heard and valued and see have have Hispanics be seen as stars, as contributors to this country, I think that we can do it. And what you also mentioned is that you're 100% Latinos, were 100% Hispanics, or Latinx, whatever you wanna call it, and 100% American. So you have 200% of us in every one of us. So let's go to Susan Betts from Google.
12: Yeah, hi everyone, bon dia. It's an honor to be here with everyone. Um, So I identify as Latin American, Brazilian, and I'm also a gay woman. I've been living in the US since 2008 when I moved to New York with my partner and um, you know both my parents were born in Brazil, my dad in Rio and my mom in Manaus. Um, but my my dad's family was English, and so this is you know this is why I have a name like Susan Betts, which sounds very English um, and why I grew up bilingual as well. And you know it's interesting, Claudia. I'm gonna counter you on on something you said where you know you said that most Brazilians don't identify as Latino or Latina. And a good friend of mine at Google where I work, Sharice uh, Torres, asked me. Uh, can I ask you a personal question?" I said, of course, like, do you identify as Latina? And I said, absolutely. Um, First of all, because it's true, Brazil is in Latin America. Um, And second of all, because I I think it's educational. You know, there is no one flavor of being Latino or Latina. We are beautifully intersectional, Uh, you know, I can be white, blue-eyed, speak fluent English, you know, have a name like Susan Betts, and still be a hundred percent Brazilian and Latina. And by the way, you know, my only nationality is Brazilian. I only have one passport, and so I hold it very proudly. Um, and, you know, the, the, the way I'm feeling, um, you know, there's a, a word that I love in Portuguese, and I think it extends to our entire community, which is jinga jinga you know, comes from rhythm, comes from music, comes from soccer, or as we would say, football. Um, and it's this sort of beautiful rhythm and creativity um, that we have, and as a community, makes us very gracious and versatile, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic um, because, because we are creative and versatile, and we'll get through this together, and we'll be stronger.
4: Right. And there's a trend to Latinidad, Susan. I mean, like, as, as you probably have the data, as, as, as we know, um, in the past, we were told to hide our Latinidad, to hide our language and to melt in and to be more, um, more American and Latinos at home. Uh, but there's a trend actually to Latinidad and people are coming out more and people are feeling more proud and proud. So um, I would like to move it to Jesus Gonzalez from Sonos, if you don't mind. And because we need to get into the, the, the top, the last three uh, speakers that I have, please try to, um, let's, let's be short and sweet in the interest.
13: Buenos dias, buenas tardes. Uh, my name is Jesus Malverde Gonzalez. I am second generation Mexican-American or how Claudia said, 100% Mexicano, 100% Americano. Uh, I am the proud product of uh, the Bracero uh, experience. My tata, grandfather, came to this country as part of the Bracero program and work exchange program with Mexico in the 50s and 60s uh, to the Valle Coachella to work in the harvest of grapes. Uh, the Coachella Valley was where Cesar Chavez, the United Farm Workers, Dolores Huerta, had some of their first victories against uh, the, the farm uh, uh, companies, uh, the grape harvesting companies, and uh, really built the foundation of who I am as a person. My mom is watching, so get quiero, mami. <laughs> uh, she was 14 when she came. She was not afforded the luxury of education uh, or the privilege, right? She worked in the harvest of grapes for 26 years, like many of our communities do now, as essential workers. Um, but they invested in my education, making me the first on all sides of my family to go to uh, college to get my B in political science at UC Riverside. That's really where my latinidad uh, really evolved, right? Jesse Gonzalez became Jesus Gonzalez. Uh, I joined a Chicano organization, Unión Estudiantil de la Raza, that wasn't on a Greek system, it was on an Ahuatl system, right? Um, and that's where I really learned about the history and colonization of the Americas and knowledge of self, right? Uh, in terms of Now, um, I am currently president and co-founder of Solence Agency, uh, a consultancy launching this fall with the aim to help brands, agencies, artists, and nonprofits genuinely and fully leverage the convergence of music, cultura, commerce, and philanthropy. I was most recently Senior Vice President of Brands and Partnerships at Universal Music Group, handling brands for all their Latin labels in the US. That meant uh, Universal Latino, home of uh, the Golden Boy, uh, Jay Balvin, who's taken Latin Culture Music Global. To uh, iconic label Fonovisa, Disa, Homo Tigas and Norte, Juan Gabriel. So really, got to do some amazing stuff. I was also VP of Music uh, Partnerships at Fruct, uh, which is part of the Octagon, uh, Rogers, and Cowan now PMK uh, family. That's, that is part of a larger IPG family, and there I handled uh, music partnerships across their whole global portfolio. So. Happy to be here and I look at this panel as aspirational and proof that uh, when you take the Gonzalez, the Perez, the Romo off our last name and you look at our accomplishment, you see excellence. When you add the Perez, the Gonzalez, the Romo, it's exponentially amplified because of the stereotypes, the hardships and the against the grain that we have to go through to be sitting here. So kudos to Adweek, to Nadine for making this happen.
4: And I wanna be your best friend. That's it, you're amazing, great. Great to, uh, great to meet you. Well, we're going to move on. We're going to have the, the rest of the panelists that didn't have a chance to do the intros. We're going to move into the questions um, of the panel, which is how are you feeling and how are you leading? And I think that it is very important for us to understand that We've been been invisible, as as Steven said. We've been not seen, not heard, not valued. We have no conscious of our own power. So we don't feel necessarily proud to be Latinos, because we don't know how incredible our contributions are to the countries. So I want to open up this conversation, this segment of the conversation about how are you feeling and how are you leading? And the leading part is on your families, on your companies, uh, in the current environment, and so on. But I want to frame this under the frame. I, I just talk about the data, how powerful we are in the data. There's absolutely no way that you can confuse Latinos with migration, but you have to confuse, like, you have to associate them with growth. Power, growth, potential. That's it. Now, there's a second element, which is the values. The power of Latinos lies so much in their numbers as in their values. We're hardworking, we're aspirational, we're professional, we care about families and friends. And those values are the way we lead. And we need to make sure that companies understand who we are so that they can manage us better, so that they can promote us better. We're never going to come and shout at anyone. We have that in us, three, you need three Latinos in a room in a corporation to speak up freely. So those are the kind of conversations we need to have. Someone was asking, what is that 76% that I mentioned about Latinos don't feel uh, comfortable, they don't feel they can be themselves at the workplace. That's a Harvard Business Review data. And that literally is something that we need to address. We launched the Hispanic Promise, a promise to hire, promote, retain, and celebrate Hispanics in the workplace so that we can bring that conversation forward. So I want to ask I want, to ask, I want to start with Fabiola Torres uh, from PepsiCo to talk to us about uh, how you feel as a Latina in this current environment. Do you want to have more conversations about Latinos at the brand level and at the corporate level and how are you leading? What's your style as a Latino? And what is the advice that you're giving your corporations, your families and friends about how to understand Latinos better?
14: Thank you, Claudia. And thank you everyone to, uh, for having me. Um, you know, it's an interesting conversation today because of the, the world today, right? It's, it's about inclusivity, it's about diversity, it's about um, diversity of thought, which is the most important thing. And, and you know, you, you mentioned a, a very interesting stat from Pepsi. is this, The majority of the growth is coming from Hispanics um, for the Pepsi brand and for other brands that we have in our portfolio. And, you know, when we're developing um, a creative brief, a business strategy it's important to just note all the stats, but most importantly is what you said is the intrinsic values of what we bring to the table, the, the, the family, the camaraderie, the, the, commodity, the, the uh, the opportunity for us to work together and to include others. I think we're going into um, a very important era for our new generations and and we have to teach that. I think we have the power and empowerment through brand marketing and to uh, our business to to show the new generations about what inclusivity and and diversity is. And and as Latinos that we we grown, I was born and raised in Mexico, And with all these values, that is important to actually take it into the business. So it is important to to show our values every day and, and to teach others. And we have the luxury to be, um, to live in this country, which it welcomes the majority of them, um, this uh, thinking. So I'm, I'm excited to lead that way. I had the opportunity to lead the, um, the Hispanic network at Apple and to be one of the women's sponsor leaders as well. And at the, the same as Nike. And, and when you have the, the microphone, take it, but take it to, from who you are and how, and how you express yourself personally and professionally. And on the business side, we need to do that. We need to actually embrace that Latinidad that you ask us for every day and how we show up as role models, as as friends, as, as, as Andrea said, but as the business, as, as how it's actually impacting the business in the marketplace.
4: Absolutely. So uh, um... I I, I absolutely agree with you. We need role models. Latinos are not in tech first because they don't have access to technology and education. But the second reason is because no one encouraged them because they don't have a role model to follow. So let's actually all of us us, here in the panel and in the audience assume that you cannot drink water and uh, you cannot be preaching water and drinking wine. You have to speak up and you have to become a, a role model because our next generations will not be what we are. They will be fully paid, fully respected and fully valued because we're going to open the doors for them. So we have to do that. Okay, I'm going to go on to Javier Gutierrez. In, in intro, how are you leading? How are you feeling? And then I'm going to close this round of intros with, with the rest, uh, with, Magda, uh, with Magda. So Javier Gutierrez, please.
0: Hi, good morning everyone, or buenos dias, buenas tardes. Javier Gutierrez, uh, first I really want to thank Adweek and applaud them for putting just an amazing panel together. I am I'm beyond inspired by all of these individuals, their accomplishments and their passion uh, for this community. And so I really want to thank Adweek and thank all of you. And I know that I am a huge fan and look forward to at some point having a chance to meet in person. Uh, I am the uh, president and CEO of the Arizona Coyotes Hockey Club. I am the first Latino president and CEO of an NHL franchise. I'm also honored to work for the first Latino uh, and only Latino owner uh, in the NHL, uh, Alex Morello, Cuban-American. I am a, a Mexicano. I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. but grew up in uh, San Jose, California. I now reside in uh, Arizona, Phoenix. You are right now in the home of the Coyotes uh, here in our arena. And uh, very, very honored to be in this role, to be the first and hopefully not to be the last. And that is my focus, is to pave the way. I come actually not from sports. I come from investments, finance, private equity. I was most recently a partner at Clearly Capital Group, which is the largest Latino-owned private equity firm in the country uh, with almost $25 billion of assets under management, actually started by my dear friend Jose Feliciano, uh, Puerto Puertorriqueño de Bayamon. Uh, so very excited and... Uh, why did i take this job people ask me every single day do latinos really like hockey and i say you know what uh when you look in the sands of uh i just recently left after living 20 years in la if you look at the sands of the dodgers uh the lakers the clippers the rams latinos are there and so to me hockey is that next opportunity and i'm going to say something from my background in investments I'm unapologetic about making the statements. The economic success of the United States squarely relies on the economic empowerment of Latinos. And so the faster that brands, whether they are sports teams, whether they're consumer products companies, whether they're tech companies or financial services companies, they either need to understand that or someone who does will eat their lunch. As I say often, the business plan we have is to it's not ancillary to our business plan it is the business plan you all here i will ask you all a favor please become fans of the coyotes because you are my target i am intentionally going to go after you i am authentically going to go after you and i am going to be innovative in my approach and it's not just going to be one size fits all it's not going to be just put everything in spanish by the way My first language was Spanish. I was an ESL uh, student, and then eventually was able to get to the Ivy Leagues. uh, Fortunate to live my American dream due to the sweat and tears of my parents. How are we leading? We are putting a business plan together that squarely relies on young people, women, and the multicultural communities, of which the largest cohort is the one that I'm addressing today. So happy to be here and excited to continue the conversation
4: fantastic fantastic that's amazing
6: magda isari thank you claudia good to see you thank you Adweek, and everybody who has already spoken i am latina boricua puerto rican first generation new Yorker, which i learned i was a new Yorker when i first went to puerto rico for the first time uh here i was growing up on the streets of brooklyn shout out to ivan uh, and you're, an, you're a minority, uh, and, and I was so excited. My mother could never afford to send us to Puerto Rico. Um, she became a widow uh, in, in New York at the age of 38 with three children. And for a college graduation present, I go to Puerto Rico. I'm so excited finally to be a majority, only to be reminded by my cousins that I was not really Puerto Rican, but rather a New Yorican. So this experience happens even in, inside of our own communities that you were talking about, Claudia. You know, are you Puerto Rican enough? Are you, are you Latina enough? Uh, and so these barriers have to come down. And Yvette was talking about, you know, as an as a Afro-Latina, right, Negrita. And in my family, we have all spectrums of color. I have a Negrita hermana uh, and she used to say I was the Blanquita and, and so you know like what's up with that but that is a reality there's so much intersectionality there's so much richness uh, and diversity and Susan I would love to learn that word that you shared because that rhythm uh, that's in our soul is so powerful and uh, w- when we're leading we're, we're leading in a way that I believe is is very human and Claudia you know we're all human I mean what a powerful name for an organization. And, and I think in these times of, of the pandemic and in these times of racial crisis that we're living in, our humanity is what's most important. Those places where we share those common experiences um, really, really matter. And so at Verizon, we're really trying to just make sure that we amp up the, the conversations about that reality, uh, about our humanity and um, not politicize and not allow things to become politicized that are truly just about human rights mm-hmm. and, and, and what is just a reflection of justice for all. And so that's how we're, we're leading in, in this time. Uh, I would just say as, as a family, uh, we are a hub for a very large extended family. And so initially we were so disappointed at not being able to gather. And so um, I gotta tell you, Every Sunday at four o'clock, we're on a Zoom call. So I'm seeing my family more often. Um, and so that's a little bit of a silver lining. Um, right. I just have to do a pitch. Steven was talking about you know, how many organizations have imprinted themselves in your life. I am a proud aspirante. And I have to tell you that one of the things that we did was we did our first virtual fundraiser. How many of you are associated with nonprofits and know the terrible impact that this is having on Latino organizations on many nonprofits? And so, to the brands that are listening, whether it's Aspida or any of the organizations, Stephen, that touched your life um, and all of our lives, I can say that when my mom became our single parent at the age of 38, she could not have raised us alone. And she had organizations like ASPIDA, like the Girl Scouts, like so many organizations that really leaned in and helped her. Um, And we need brands to lean in and make a difference uh, for people like like me and for probably many of us on this call.
4: That's so powerful. And uh, and Magda,
6: I want to open
4: it up for the heart of the discussion, um, which is, what you know like these are these are exceptional times and the door has been open to us so what there's an area that i would like to discuss and everyone will jump in and i do want to see that latino jumping in and saying like i am going to go for it so what um what can we do in what can we do to increase um the represent like talking about the advice that you would have for brands taking uh, on taking more role in this new activist era that we have for Latinos. What role do Hispanics and Latinos play in that? How do you how do take opportunities like Hispanic Heritage Month? And what solutions do you see on that? So what advice would you give to brands to help Hispanics in that time? And I would like to maybe open it up with Fernando Machado and from that moment on, let's be short and sweet so that we can go straight into the heart of it, how can brands help our community now that you have an activist role and that you have an opening?
8: Yeah, so look, I mean, I, th- I don't think there is a silver bullet, to be honest with you, and I'm sure there will be different solutions to um, uh, to tackle that. Um, like, I tend to believe that before you go outside, you need to look inside. You know, I think it, it becomes easier uh, for you to engage, for you to do the right thing, for you to not come across tone deaf, Uh, for you to not fall on the many pitfalls that uh, that are out there not just with Hispanic and Latin Americans but with African Americans with religion with politics I think that if you want to do it right you should probably have internal representation uh, of that target audience you know what I'm saying like I think it's much easier uh, to be empathetic to understand to have insights to know how people will react if you have a team or agencies or people how, who not just understand the target or, or that community, but are part of that community. You know what I mean? Like I always, I was always afraid of, I always told this to my friends, like every time um, I was global and I was doing work for Brazil, and the guys would come, guys from outside of Brazil would come with ideas from Brazil. I always used to tell them that they were like, they were looking a little bit like when Prince Charles goes to Brazil and tries to do samba, you know, like which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and and I think that I'm always afraid of that uh, to look like <laughs> Prince Charles doing samba dance, you know. Like so, I think you really need to have that representation. I think that's probably like um, a, a step one. I think that the numbers also help. You know, I think that Claudia, like the, the you are opening uh, uh, with some of the numbers. I mean, they're all out there. It's not that difficult to find uh, those numbers. But I don't think people like uh, really like um, uh, it doesn't register sometimes, you know, like it may sound even counterintuitive uh, sometimes. And I tell people like, look, I mean, Burger King and Popeyes over-index Hispanic. So our consumer base over-index versus general population Hispanic. So we should have media buy for Hispanic. We should have assets for Hispanic. We should have a presentation on the team uh, that's Hispanic. And And that's kind of like what we do. I think in our case, I mean, maybe I'm taking it a bit for granted, but it feels easier because the company over index Hispanic and we are in Miami. And I think that people have that understanding. Uh, but to me, it's like step one is like inside. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think you need to have some representation and that will increase the chances of you doing uh, the right thing. And then it's like unconscious bias training, uh, is like trying to, to, to have like people who sponsor uh, younger guys, like trying to send Latinos and Hispanic guys to recruit many events uh, because like, you, you, you like to see you, like, that you can make it, right? I mean, if you just send a bunch of people that are not Hispanic to recruit uh, Hispanic population, it's probably not going to work so well. So there are like, a like, long list of things that you can do to increase the presentation first and then uh, build a plan uh, to, to leverage uh, this community because it's good for business. You know, that's what people need to understand, you know, that we are not here to, like, preach uh, that you have to do something because you're, you know, it's good business. You know what I mean? You're going to make more money uh, for your company if you do it right.
4: And Fernando, just talking, uh, mentioned that we have a, we have, we have a business case. The data is there. There's no, there's no hiding around it and there's no, so, how do we get more people to do it? Do we need to provide more solutions that are, uh, you know, like standard for everyone um, else? Do we have more? And by, uh, by, uh, by no means, please, people jump in and start talking about how do you feel, how do you lead, and what are the potential solutions? So, Fernando.
8: I think that the leadership of the company needs to believe. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like an one to make a push to have their proper representation inside uh, to then be able to create plans, uh, that will like result in a better outcome for the company. You know, like the people need to understand that's good business. Uh, and and that's what will move people. It's not like, Oh, I think it's the right thing to do because no, no, it's good business. You know, like you're going to make more money. Uh, so, um, uh, equip yourself uh, with the right people, you know, try to understand if you are underrepresented internally, why is that? You know, like I think at the minimum, you should have 18%, right? That's the general population number, right? So if you don't, why is that? You know, is it because you're recruiting on the wrong places? Is, is it because people are dropping uh, as they grow? Is it because you don't have senior leaders that represent that segment? Like, what is the reason? You know, like I would do a bit of soul searching, understand that, uh, and then from there, build like uh, plans. But the company needs to believe Many times the data is there, but if people don't believe, it's just like, it's data that lives on a PowerPoint chart somewhere. You know, no one yeah. is taking action to, to make it happen.
5: Yeah, can, can, can I just jump in? Because I think, Fernando, you're hitting on such an important point. E, amigo, mio, like you are a unicorn. You are beloved by our Latino community. So every time that you get another Grand Prix can't lie and we're there cheering you on. Um, but I feel like we need to have real talk. This is all bullshit. Like power is not given power is taken. And I personally, I am tired of incrementalism. When I started in wall street, you know, in 1994 as a summer intern, thanks to SEO, which, you know, Javier knows about and so many other people, it was the largest source of diversity on wall street. We were having this conversation in 1994 about getting more Latinos onto wall street and fast forward 25 plus years, we are still nowhere. So, me, personally, I am over incrementalism. We need to have control of our own stories, our own companies, our own leadership. We are invisible, and this is a crisis. And you know, if you really look at the Black community, I just admire them so much. You know, I believe that ally is a verb. And so this is a moment where Black Lives Matter, and we are here to support our brothers and sisters that are going through this moment, where you see an unarmed Black man get shot in the back seven times. But when people are caging Latino kids on the border, for whatever reason, no one seems to get up in arms about that. You had someone drive nine hours and shoot Latinos in a Walmart last year, August. And you know, for whatever reason, people are okay with that. So I feel like this is a moment for real talk. And maybe the problem for Latinos is that we are too nice. That we are too, you know, Ay, me da pena, you know? I don't wanna rock the boat but we are not going to have any meaningful change because we are not in the C-suite, we are not on corporate boards, we are not represented and we are invisible. I mean, I don't care about any political you know, kind of party, whether it's the DNC or the RNC, Latinos are still invisible. So this is an epidemic across every industry. And absolutely brands need to step up and we need to ask for them to give their fair share because they love our dollars. But for whatever reason, when we need them to show up, they do not. And I talk about this from experience. I ran the Walmart media business for four years, a billion dollars in media spend. I ran the multicultural media business for Media Vest, the largest buyer of multicultural media for black, Hispanic, and Asian consumers. And that was across the board for Procter, Coca-Cola, Heineken, Honda, Microsoft. And you can show the data all you want unless there's someone in a position of power and influence that is not a dni person that is going to say we're going to put dollars behind this it does not change we need more javier's that could actually be the ceo and run something we need more andreas that is actually going to be leading the change at nike you know we need more ivans like they can actually make an impact for our communities and so i would love us to really kind of figure out how are we going to solve this you know, together as Latinos Unidos, because we are not going to make any progress. And that was really the impetus behind me starting my own company, Encantos, where we are actually creating entertainment-driven edtech brands, because no one is going to care about our communities other than us.
11: I want to build into that, Stephen. Um, you know that we're like, we're kindred spirits in many ways, including on this one. And, uh, it's the it's the the yang is the external and what brands can do for us but what really excites me here is not only to be here with the leaders the latino leaders in brands like fernando like javier like steven like magda but also with 1200 participants that are here and they're leaders in their own terms so what can we all do now let's talk about three things uh, unite support and educate and it feels that as latinos we always do educate and we forget about the unite and support and Uh, First of all is unite. I think sometimes we fixate so much in the difference that we have within each other and we forget about what makes us one. We've all told our stories here in the panel. We're all so different. Hey, Javier and I come from the same city and have had entirely different paths. And to be here, it can show that as Latinos, we have more in common than we have in difference. I care less about someone calling Latinx, Hispanic, Latino, Latin American than about us standing as one. That is the number one thing I think that we, have to, that we have to do as leaders. The second one is educate, of course. Yeah, we gotta show people that things are complex and as brands, as complexity and nuances, but also simplify and focus on the things that bring us together as consumers. To use our power as leaders to invest in the Latino community and to also remind people of the consumer power and the beauty of Latino culture and how that contributes to the cultural richness of America. And lastly, and more personal for me, is that we have to support. Support with the choices we make. Support those we mentor. And try not to mentor just Latinos, but as leaders. Mentor people of every color so that we continue to be seen as Latino leaders and as leaders overall. And lastly, support the other uh, people of color. Right now, I'm doubling down on supporting the Black community. They've been leaders in civil rights before. We've gotten a lot of change. They're going through a lot of pain, and as Latino community, I do believe that all boats rise and that doubling down on the injustices that we see on the, in the black community will help then gather more and more energy to address the injustices that we see as a Latino community.
10: I would love to add a, a couple of thoughts uh, here. We have talked about business and as leaders, what, what we need to do to bring people and have them sitting on the table. I think that is really one of the key steps that, that we need to take. We're also talking about externally as a community, what we can do. But I would love to add some thoughts as individuals and as Latin talent. What can we do to have a seat on the table as well? And I believe there are three areas that I would like to highlight. One is self-awareness. And what is our personal branding? Recognize that we do have amazing skills. We're hard, hard workers. Our experience have made us resilient in many of our markets. We have learned to be resourceful. I think many of us might have stories about how at some point we were the marketing, the finance, the logistics, and the salesperson at the same time for our businesses. And we have developed amazing skills in that sense. We're creative, we can bring fun. So that self-awareness to build a personal brand is really very important. And then networking, networking is fundamental. I didn't know how to network when I first came to the US four years ago. Of course, I knew how to network in Latin America. It's very social. It's a lot about relationships and connections. But here, I didn't even know how to start. I didn't even know what questions to ask. And I'm being humble about this, but this is the reality that I was uh, facing after 20 years of, uh, of career. And, um, and I remember that I asked uh, one of my, my mentors, a CMO in a great company, and I said, how do I network? How do i do this and of course i learned and i met amazing people i met uh, nadine did and now i'm sitting here so these opportunity really uh, opportunities can come really through our networking and uh, and the efforts that we do to to establish those connections here and last but not least i want to mention the the role of the mentors i have many mentors i have mentors with different superpowers and uh, i really love to tap into their expertise and have them listening and have them sharing their uh, their advice and, and giving me a hand to navigate some of the cultural dynamics, business dynamics, professional dynamics. They are like my personal board of, uh, of directors. So yes, at the companies, and especially at, I can't speak about the SL other companies, we have amazing tools. We have amazing platforms for the self-awareness, for the networking, for the mentorship, right? reverse mentorship. And really leveraging all of that is very important. And I think... Uh, closing with uh, with a thought on uh, on who we are as leaders in in this panel, how can we share more of our stories as I read the q and a uh, it is interesting to see that there are many comments about oh my god i didn 't know that there were so many leaders in these type of positions in uh, so many companies so here we are we can do we can do more for me like i 'm shy sometimes and and it 's difficult but I am committed now to expose myself even more to share my story and to help with the networking, help with the self-awareness, be a mentor. I'm already a mentor in uh, some of the Adweek programs and internally in, in, in the company, but what else I can do as a, as a leader and, and take action there? So thank you for the time.
6: Hey, this is Magdiri Sari. I don't think I introduced myself as Verizon's chief diversity officer earlier. Uh, another part of my identity, and so I wanted to just comment about it, kind of how this requires a company to 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 work across functions. I happen to be very fortunate to work alongside Diego Scotti, who is our uh, CMO, and you know he's very clear. We're all very clear that this is across all of the points of contact to really recognize the full potential of the of the Latino. Marketplace, And so there's actually a Hispanic um, Council in the organization and I will tell you there are like hundreds and hundreds of people who are in sales who are in customer care who are technicians and people who are touching our customers every part of their journey, really coming in and say how do we earn the right to be the provider of choice. You know, how are we delivering superior experiences to the Latino marketplace? And you have to earn the right. And so really just being very consistent and thinking about every interaction that we're having, is it really going to earn us the right? And the other piece that, that, that also expresses that you're not in it alone, right? Marketing's not in it alone. The chief diversity officer is not in it alone. It's all of us at Verizon earning that right. It's also that Verizon can't do this alone, and so Diego helped to to launch, and I just thank every brand that's involved with the Ad Fellows program. But we're talking about building that pipeline of future leaders, letting there be awareness that you exist, that you can mentor, that you can open the doors at your firms to Latinos that are coming up, that are graduating from college, and they have earned the right to have access um, and we need to be more engaged as companies cross industry. What's beautiful is that you know, ad agencies are involved so that students could get the agency experience. We've got corporations involved so they could get the client side of the experience. We all know what it takes. What are those sets of experiences that are gonna create the next Diego Scotty, the next Fernando Fabiola? What are those experiences and how to create those experiences? I think Ad Fellows is a great example of how an industry can come together. And really, it's not about one company um, or one department. It's it's really going to have to take that we, in our companies, engage everybody, and outside of our companies as an industry, engage everybody.
13: Yes. Um incredible statements by everyone. in Magna, I have to second what you said. Uh, as far as my cousins, my primos in Mexico, uh, when I went over there, I was pocho, right? The pocho experience means you're like, you know, you're not Mexican enough, but then here, <laughs> You're Mexican, you're Mexicano, you have the nopal on your forehead proudly, uh, right? So that was the Borcho experience, or what I learned in college and became aware of was the Chicano experience, right? Uh, and that was our term of, of, of call to action and empowerment. And I just want to acknowledge that today, as we sit here, is the 50th anniversary of the Chicano moratorium that happened on August 29, 1970, which was really the birth of Mecha and really the, the coming together of the Chicano movement that ran parallel to the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King and Cesar Chavez, the Black Panthers and the Brown Berets, right? Back then, they were coming together to protest, the disproportionate amount of casualties in Vietnam by Latinos being 11% of population and close to 20% of casualties. As we sit here today, right? Uh, Glad to gave an amazing breakdown of how we're disproportionately affected right now by COVID, right? When we're, you know, as far as population versus casualties, Um, I got to say that with all this coming to light because of just the social justice uh, uprising that we're witnessing, it's definitely spilling over into brands, right? And gone are the days when brands can differentiate between their political social justice views and their consumer-facing Uh, uh, marketing agendas, right? We've seen two perfect examples. Andrea, what Nike has done, I mean, grab the tissue every time one of those, uh, you know, brilliant pieces comes out, those statements standing by your values, your morals, above your stock price and what has happened. Even though people were burning Nikes, your stock price went out. We saw an unfortunate (laughs) iconic brand go down in flames, right? Uh, My wife is born and raised in Miami, trust me, when the Goya went out, it was conflicting, but not when there's Mexican babies in cages and a brand can align with anything, anybody they want uh, politically or in social justice can choose to remain quiet. But the solution is the power we have with our wallet and with our votes. I'm part of the Impact Council for Voto Latino, a nonprofit started by Rosada Dawson and Maria Teresa Kumar. Right, We engage political youth. Right, It's a nonpartisan organization, but now more than ever, What is the solution? Participate with your wallets and who we support, right? We all need to become Coyote fans, right? (laughs) I'm from Coachella Valley, the desert, but bless believe I'm gonna become a, 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 a hockey fan to support you, right? So participate in the political process. We must leverage and wield the power we have. I come from the music industry. Latin music surpassed country and EDM last year in terms of consumption in the US, right? That means that reggaeton and perreo is more apple pie than country, right? They might might hate us, they might demonize us, but their kids are perreando to our music. If we take that same fervor and power in terms of the global consumption of our culture and apply that consumption to political engagement, to social economic engagement and alignment, that is the solution right? In our prep call this week, Nadine, it was an amazing process to watch. You were asking us, wow, Latin American, Latinx, you know, what, what, what is that process? And as we conversed, there was an education process. That was evolution. That was progress, right? Adweek coming to the table and providing this platform and, and giving us this opportunity to share our views. I didn't know, you know, a Mexicana de Ciudad de Mexico was in charge of Jordan Brand, right? It, this is aspirational to me right? All these individuals. So in, in, in short, participate, educate, which this is part of the process, and then consistency, right? Complacency is the enemy of progress, and we cannot let up. Como dijo Steven, Steven you know, we're, we're on our chat saying hashtag sin pena, right? That's our call to arms. Sin pena, now is the time, and we must not let down.
4: And there's life, more. Literally depend on it. Mm -hmm. There's more Latino uh, music consumed in the States than than country. There's more tortillas sold than bread. There's more salsa sold than ketchup. Um, Bring it on. I think it's your turn, Susan.
12: Yeah, I wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit and talk about the work that we all do. Um, Because needless to say, brands are culture setting, right? We all in this call have the world stage and we should use it wisely and humbly because it is a huge responsibility. And my role at Google is to lead brand strategy for the Google brand. And so part of my remit is thinking about inclusive marketing. And at Google, we know that we need to do better in making our work truly reflect the world around us. and so I'll just share an experience um, that we've been doing, um, a best practice um, that we talk about publicly. Um, you know, three years ago we started looking at our own creative and our own work, and extracting data from it. Um, we every year we do a vast creative audit of our work. We use both human evaluators as well as machine learning to assess you know, every asset, every photo, every frame of our major campaigns. And, you know, we know through that work and through that audit that we've made progress on increasing the representation of Latinx, of Black people, of women, of people of all ages in our work. But in 2019, the last audit um, that we talked about, we also learned that only 6% of our ads portrayed Latinx people. That is not up to the representation um, of our community and the population. We know we need to do more to represent Latinx in our work. And it goes beyond representation. We also know through this audit how we're portraying people, right? We need to positively portray people and actively fight stereotypes as well because you know you can't have men portrayed in the work, workplace and women portrayed in the kitchen. You, know, you can get up to representation, but portrayal matters just as much, if not more. So if there's anything that I could suggest as a, a best practice for all the marketers out there is look inside, look at your own work, take a cross section and a cross view of the creative work that you're producing and publishing and take a look at how you're representing and portraying
14: underrepresented groups.
0: If I could interject, I wanted to make a couple. Oh, go ahead, Fabiola.
14: I'm sorry, I, I was just gonna say, Susan, you just teed up exactly what I was going. I wanted to pivot the conversation and talk about work. There's a lot of learning that we still have to do internally and with our own partners from an agency, leaders, uh, educating as well, uh, our leaders um I- i'm just continually surprised when when i joined beats by dre which i consider one of the most inclusive brands out there in tech and music and i was surprised that um latinos and hispanics were not represented and that was three three and a half years ago and 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 you know they, they sometimes is um they take it for, well we take it as creators and creatives uh we take it for granted that we represent somehow some voice and then when it comes to the work it is very stereotyped and that's what is happening in a lot of work that we have developed through the years and and you know whether it's is is nike in the us or or Apple or Pepsi, we continue to grow, and they're brands that are extremely inclusive, and they want to do better. And 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 there are a lot of things that they they their willingness to 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 do and add value to that. But sometimes their know-how is not existing in the company, as Fernando said, is is about really bringing more people in, like really take a look on who are you hiring why are you hiring that, that person, what is their background, and really be thoughtful about um, how you do it to develop that work because it doesn't happen by accident. And and sometimes we hire in agencies that they they attempt to say that they they're experts on on Hispanics or Latinos and, and it's not true. Uh, or it, because they tend to do the 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 creative like 25 30 years ago. You know, I'm raising kids in the U.S. and born and raised here as a Mexican uh, family, and 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 you know, their their thinking is different, and and they're. Um, music and culture and gaming and everything that is happening in this world is just different the way that they absorb the versus what I absorbed when I was a kid growing up in Mexico. So is we have to be completely educating ourselves and learn and relearn every day, every day. And I will invite um, to just hire an interns and invite people to consult to our companies, uh, um outside of our own comfort zone to create a point of view to to challenge ourselves because sometimes it's it's just uh we stay in our own um bubble as well so i I would just say for the panelists but for our attendees and and people that are in the in this forum today says um um join us, you know, join us and, and, and have a point of view and really help us to broaden that scope and to show the new faces and the new generations of who we are in this country and, and, and to educate the world because right now our platforms are global and making sure that global culture that is expanded through music first is, is, is actually helping us to show another face uh, for us now and for the future.
4: And what are we gonna do about this? So we're going to have a round of, you know, I know that we have a couple of panelists that are going to come with solutions and concrete actions. So pay attention, audience, because this is the time in which you you understood the situation. You understood where we're starting from, which is a power place. So how are we going to address and change our situation? So let's bring it on to a last round, uh, a last round of comments before we go into Q&A.
0: So, so Claudia, this is Javier, uh, if I could just jump in. I want to be very specific, I think, on three ideas. First is something that actually I have to applaud the NHL. And, and that can be a model for other sports teams, other other consumer brands and what have you. And that is to be authentic in its outreach of saying, we don't know, can you help us? Right. So I got a phone call shortly after I started here saying, we don't know how to outreach to the Latino community as well as we should. Can you help us? Can you bring in other voices? And truth be told, as I've shared with you, I don't come from necessarily a marketing background. So I began making making the calls and and reaching out and saying, yes, this is absolutely something. So I do think we have to acknowledge that there are folks out there that are willing to have this conversation and let's help them. But second, um, I think we have to be unapologetic about being Latino and about where we're at. And I think we have to be open to the fact that that may cause some discomfort. And discomfort not only externally, but internally with our own leadership. Our own leadership needs to also hear that maybe things are not moving in the direction that they need to be. Finally, and this again comes both from my current role uh, uh, in sports and outside of, which is we need to promote and support an ownership mentality in our community, ownership of our businesses, ownership of our capital, ownership of our corporate development pathway, and really truly support each other in those factors. On this call right now, you have leaders, all of whom can do business together, all of whom can make decisions together. Everybody here, is an owner in this economic system. Let's make each other powerful owners in this economic system.
6: And
4: I love that comment. And not only don't be ashamed, but be proud and loud. If people don't know how to pronounce Jorge and you have to change your name to George, hey, get it. They will learn because we will be 25% of the population. So Jorge, be proud and loud of it. Fernando Machado, what do you have to say about solutions and actions that we can take?
8: Yeah, look. I mean, I think it goes back to uh, to my point. You know, like uh, the, the point that I made earlier on. Uh, I think that each company needs to uh, understand uh, that it's good business uh, to focus on this, uh, and needs to do a little bit of soul searching to understand if they don't have representation internally, why is that? Uh, I, I like. To me, it's like you need to be walking the talk internally uh, before you, you you jump on that, and and I think that. Uh, it starts with uh, understanding if you have a then you go to like why uh, we are not doing more uh, and if you don't have like why you don't have, uh, I think that the solution first starts with like getting your house organized before you can go uh, outside. Um, we can always be doing more. I think that we can always be connecting more as a community, maybe forums like this, like, I I mean, I thought it was great, the panel and, and a great opportunity to meet lots of other people who I haven't had the chance to meet before. Maybe we should have more of those things, you know, whether it's Latitude or it's a panel from uh, from Edwick or whether it's a specific Latin panel in Cannes, I mean, just referring back, Claudia, to uh, you mentioned in Cannes, like uh, having forums like this uh, could help as a catalyst for us to do more stuff together you know, and for us to come together as a community too.
4: Yes, and if we have your commitment to be a leader, people follow you, Fernando. So having people like you stepping up and saying, I'll do it, so that helps. So I think that I got a yes, right?
8: for sure like you know me like we've been together before um, like I always say yes to you Claudia and I mean uh, in an event for like like this one for Ed Week like just look at the, the, the panel the caliber of people that we have here like who would say no to this you know like you can count with me I'm just like uh, as a Brazilian I'm just like hopeless optimistic about things you know like uh, and uh, uh, I have like a, a maybe like a more positive outtake uh, about the situation, maybe because I'm in Miami, maybe because I feel that my company already over and we're already doing more things. Um, so uh, sometimes I'm even like blind to some of the issues that were raised. So it's good to have this conversation because sometimes I take for granted a couple of things that I think we already do well. Uh, and, and it's not the case like everywhere. But since I'm like on my little bubble here, uh, I may not see uh, some of that. Yeah,
4: yeah. And we so be so We have only upside. So Maria.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I wanted to jump in because I think you said something that triggered that I've been wanting to say, which is a little bit of um, one of the things I realized as a leader is that our world is so fragile. Our world that we felt was interrupted, that we took for granted, is now more important than ever. And, and really for us as leaders, it is so important during these times to really paint the new reality for our teams, but also be an optimist and give hope And some of the leadership things that I've learned um, over the last months in this current situation and really also the work that we're doing around our Hispanic community is that we have to be more human. And it is more uh, more important than ever for us to really think about that teams matter more than ever. And as I think about agile leadership, as I think about the way that we are working today, it is more important than ever to really bring teams together to lead with empathy, and to really give permission to our teams to change, to be bold, to be creative, to reimagine the future and pivot. Um, I'm in marketing at IBM, and and really think about um, all the events that we had planned for second half have now had to be completely reimagined in this new, in this new normal, and it really gives an opportunity for every voice to be heard and every bold idea to really come forward. And I think that it is our job as leaders to really define and create and sustain a culture that really enables every single voice to really feel that they believe in the strategy that we've set, that they belong, and their voices matter. And I've always said during these times, it is when the true leaders rise up, when the best of leaders um, can really lead through the churn. And this is where I think it's our time now. I lead the Hispanic um, Council with a co-chair, Jesus Montez. And we have such an, an amazing opportunity to really almost redefine the way that we look at diversity and inclusion. And I mean, and IBM has been a company that it's been at the heart of what we do. But the way that I look at diversity and inclusion is very simple. Diversity are the facts. You're being invited to the dance. Inclusion is you're actually being asked to dance. You're being, your voice matters your importance, you believe that you're you're part of the team. And this is, I think, you know, to reinforce, Claudia, what you said earlier, we need to stand together and really support each other as allies and advocates. And, you know, some of the things that we're doing at IBM, similar to what we heard earlier, is really looking at who do we do business with? What are our agencies? How do we procure? Making sure that we are working with diverse organizations that are creative and how we show up really represents the diversity of who we are. And more importantly, I think, Fernanda, you said, Look internally how we're progressing careers of our Hispanics, how we are re- acquiring new talent, and how we're retaining, and how we are showing up with role models that says, you know, we are a company that really is consistent in the way that we lead and we have Hispanics at the leadership table that are making a difference and really moving us forward. We're very huge advocates of mentorship. I strongly believe in mentorship, sponsorships, and our intern program this past um, year was dedicated to URM talent. We made a very focused effort to say our intern program, we're gonna really focus on the underrepresented community from freshman year all the way to their last year. So this has been a wonderful panel and I think that's just amazing to see all the loud voices and such important voices. And I think it's our time to really rise up um, and lead. And like you said at the beginning, our time is now.
7: So I've I've been waiting patiently. I am going to speak in a nonpartisan way. So many things that I wanted to say, I was taking little notes have been said, there's just so much power in this panel. But you know, the word that comes to my mind is advocacy, right? I think of our late John Lewis, when you see something that's not right, you say something, but you not only say something, but you do something. And when I think of advocacy, I think of the advocacy that we need to do internally in in our organizations. You know, DNI isn't the responsibility of the DNI department, right? It's the responsibility of all of us because we all represent all of the communities of color, all the communities, all of the voices, even even the non-Latinos. And so I just feel that this word advocacy is where we need to go. Using that advocacy to push our Latinos to get out and vote our voice is our power. And so all of us here have that power to use that messaging. And it's not just the voice, by, but taking that action. You know, and all of these actions have shown us all the disparities that COVID has brought up. Those disparities have always existed, whether they be in health, financially, in employment, in so many things. And so now is the time to take action to really use the time, like Claudia said, the time is now, to go out and do something. Being advocates, but being advocates, right, that take action. Hashtag ben, I think we should start it because the time is now.
9: Thank you, Yvette. Just to chime in here real quick, I know we're running out of time. Super inspired by everything that I've heard here today. And if you're anything like me, you're stuck between the world moving at a really fast pace and probably your corporate environment not moving at the same pace Um, and also wanting to be extremely thoughtful what i say to that and what i've done is say sacudete shake it off it's all about urgency here guys that's what i'm that's the takeaway that i'm getting from this urgency the time is now have that owner mentality. I'm speaking to all the junior people that are watching or listening, raise your hand. If you are the only person in the room, raise your hand, build a case study for a project that can demonstrate and and unlock opportunity to tell more stories that also drive the bottom or top line of a business. Build a case so that you can g- get on the path to representation and culture shifting and building community. Uh, I'm publicly saying that I'm opening up my platform to anyone who wants to discuss and, and need help in building that case. Um, I'm open for business. Thank you.
4: In pena and Unidos. Proud and loud. I think that we address so many things in this panel. There's never enough time, particularly for a community that has been invisible, that has faced racism, discrimination, but we haven't actually brought it up. It hasn't been our time. And our time is now, and the people that are going to make it happen is us. So thank you all very, very much for this opportunity. And I am delighted, actually, to open it up now. If you have 10 more minutes to go, for Q&A that are going to be led by the Adweek executive mentees. Uh, I'm going to bring it on. I'm going to bring uh, pass the mic on to uh, Noemi Garcia, who's going to kick off the Q&A. Again, this is our time, proud and loud, sin pena,
3: and together. Hi, hey everyone. First of all, I think, thank you guys so much. You all have been giving me so much life, and seeing how diverse and powerful you are is very inspirational. Um, my name is Noemi for English speakers, Noemi for you all. Uh, My question is based on something that Stephen asked or said, which is, you know, we are often over mentored, but under invested in. And my question is, what are some of the sort of practical and tangible ways we can invest in ourselves, but also invest in our communities?
13: I'll take that. Um, I think that, um, you know, as everyone has so eloquently uh, and passionately spoken, you know, it really is about you know, your participation. And I think you listening to this panel, right? As part of that process, seeking that knowledge. I know me as I was coming up as an executive, it was, you know, going to ad week. I went to brand week representing a Spanish label, but I'm like us as Latinos, if our music is going global, so should we as executives, right? So I'm a Latino executive, but I'm also a global executive. All the executives here are global executives that happen to be Latinos. Right, but I sought that knowledge by going to AdWeek, going to Brand Week, going to the ANA Multicultural, right? Saludos al Maestro, you know, Gilbert Davila, the CMC. There's there's platforms out there, Ad Color that we need to, you know, support and engage with and become part of that solution, right? From you know, someone that's early on to seeking mentorship. Right. I know a lot of folks are asking for people's handles and I know that will be shared, but look, everyone up here on LinkedIn, I already have like a hundred ads. Right. But that's amazing. That means we're making an impact because you are us and even further progressions and evolutions of us in the next generation. Right. So invest in yourself. Seek the knowledge. The fact that you're sitting there asking this question is already half the battle. So Sigele con ganas. Y sin pena, Steven, the t shirts.
4: <laughs> we go to our next question.
5: Okay, right, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, great answer, Jesus. Uh, so, uh, my name is Michael R- Leon Rivera, I'm proud Boricua, New Yorkian from, uh, from the Bronx, now living in Brooklyn. Um, my question is um, Some on social media, as well as in our QA, have questioned the inclusion of Hispanic with Latin American, um, you know, as different markets and they feel like they shouldn't be combined. Can uh, can some of you speak to sort of the importance of intersectionality when it comes to the U.S. Hispanic market and our cousins in Latin America?
14: Yes, of course. I can, I can speak very briefly, but just me, myself, uh, being b- born and raised in Mexico. When I first arrived to um, to the U.S., my my boss at Nike was asking me, "Hey, why don't you do um, uh, campaign in, in in Spanish?" You know, one of the things that we always have to take into consideration when you're the first, second, or third generation of um, um, Latinos born in the U.S. or Hispanics. Uh, we we need to make sure that we understand them properly what are the values that are come from family tradition and what are the things that they have actually born and raised in this country which is very different when you're born and raised in your own country and live in your own country which is the latin americans and and most of you have born and raised here so you you understand perfectly what i'm saying and it's interesting uh, to say that the companies um don't understand that when we talk about social media how we display ourselves um they're all very, very different and but we all share and have some commonalities and and you know, I've been in the u s for eleven years and and you every every day you learn something new and you have to respect these communities that were born and raised here so my my recommendation is always go and do focus groups. Um, do social gatherings with um, young and, and depending on your target consumer, whether it's Gen Z, millennials, just um, yes to understand the US uh, Hispanic community and do the same thing for Latin Americans. We all have things in common and things that are actually separating us, but they're both um, extremely, extremely powerful uh, target consumers as well as, as, as vibrant cultures.
5: Thank you.
4: Argelia
7: Martinez, our third uh, Adweek executive mentee. Uh, yes. Um, so my name is Argelia, I'm proud daughter of Mexican immigrants. Um, in the spirit of being advocates, as Yvette um, just um, eloquently shared, um, the there's a hard fact that actually makes me really angry, and it's the fact that Latinas are underpaid compared to other ethnic groups. Specifically, Latinas make fifty-two cents compared to the dollar earned by a white male. And even though we're highly educated, um, we're there in numbers, but yet we're not represented in the places that we need to be in order to make decisions. So that being said, um, what advice would you give to younger professionals to help bridge the gap in pay so that we're better represented in decision rooms?
0: I'd I'd like to interject on that a little bit, if you don't mind, And, and, and I hope you don't, all of you, don't mind. Uh, As a typical Latino, I have several uber side hustles. And so before I took uh, this job, uh, I had been working on this since the downturn uh, in 2008, which is uh, a platform around uh, Latino economic empowerment. And really the issue of saying, one, let's engage in these issues. Let's actually, again, raise them, be unapologetic, be very public about them. Second, let's educate ourselves on those issues. Let's educate ourselves about how to negotiate, how to deal make, how to have the the statistics and all the data around your value to not only uh, your company or, or, but also to your community. And then finally, let's empower you. Let's put you in a position in which us as leaders uh, support your efforts uh, whenever you do get to the negotiation table. Whenever we do say, "Hey, this is something that we want to um, we want to be uh, supported of as leaders throughout all of our organizations," I believe that all of those issues are, some, are things that we, as a community, need to embrace awe. And I've partnered with a very good friend of mine, Beatriz Acevedo, who is the co-founder of Me Too. And we've started a company called Suma Wealth, S-U-M-A Wealth, around this issues in which we talk about issues of pay disparity, in which we talk about issues of uh, investment, retirement, uh conversations that we don't like to talk about and don't have the dinner table conversation as a community and uh that that's part of it we have to engage in this we have to educate ourselves and we have to empower each other uh as much as we empower uh uh, of the rest of our community so thank you
11: mentis you never cease to impress me with uh your thoughtfulness and your questions thank you for for doing that, I just, uh, listening to all my peers, I was just thinking about some closing thoughts that, uh, that I think I, even on the chat we were talking about. The first one is I know we're all gonna try to uh, go out and network the hell out of it with the, with the panelists. Uh, advice on that, I think, uh, try to have relationships more than a network and then let those relationships create your network. So as you reach out to us, I think that those relationships don't only have to be with the people that are speaking in the panel, But it's more important to have relationship around the 962 people that are listening and to create that unity. The second thing, as you were thinking about career, Angelia, is focus on growth. The more you focus on growth, yes, there's a lot of other strategies for pay, and I'll let someone that's an expert to speak about it, but you got to stay centered on growth and acquiring more responsibilities so that when you're in a position of power, you can make that decision that places someone in the right end of the spectrum of pay. And the third one is, there's one thing on what we're saying about like, hey, yeah, we're all marketers, but think beyond that, we're all leaders. So make sure that you're getting involved in things beyond your job and make it your work and your life's work to create equity and bring the Latino community to the forefront of this country. If we see that, if all 1,000, 2,000 people that looked into this call did that, we would see a movement tomorrow. So... Uh, passing it all to Claudia. Claudia, thank you so much for your moderation and thanks everybody. It's been the funnest, it's going to be by far the funnest part of my day, I know.
4: (laughs) And this is a wrap. So let's just agree that what we know is that Latinos are powerful and we need to absorb and exercise that power. Let's not, take, let's not wait any longer to make that potential power. Let's exercise the power that we have. And we do that by unifying forces, by having a strategic plan, and by changing our perception. We heard again and again that we need to not be invisible, that we need to sin pena, uh, tackle the stereotypes that we have, that we have to go and address the lack of role models, we need to speak up, we need to unify, we need to be intentional about how each reach other, support each other, mentor each other, because together we will go into what Fernando called the why are we not doing that. And this group alone has the power to inside of their company start looking at outside. We can change the representation of our community by investing in our community, and the time to do it is now. Thank you, obrigada. Gracias a todos for this wonderful panel. This will be the first of many more because we need our ticket in the table, we need our seat at around the, the table and the time is for us to do it together, together now. Sin pena, gracias a todos. Thank you. Bye, That's thank you so thank much. You.
13: We will be in contact. Thanks Let's everyone.
4: get
11: together. And, yes.
13: and sorry to my tapatía.
11: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> no, 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 no I'm totally cool with it. I love Mexico City. I'm not one of those tapatia haters. (laughs) (laughs) Gracias a lot. Un
4: abrazo. Obrigada. Let's do it. Let's take action. Let's take action. We can do this. Thank you all so, so much.
2: Thank you. Bye.
4: Thank you. Bye, Magda. Bye, Nadine. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.
10: Bye. Thank you. Abrazos.
2: Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day.
13: Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet viral Growth. Your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brain or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content, so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.